Have you ever thought about how our world is being shaped? Where are we headed and what might we leave behind? You're listening to Nextcasts, presented by Swissnext San Francisco, where we examine the forces shaping our emergent future through conversations with scientists, entrepreneurs, artists, and designers. Hey everyone, I'm Perrine Huber and welcome to our second episode of Nextcasts. This episode is produced from a conversation between myself and two members of the team behind Remy, who recently undertook a residency in our space at Pier 17. Remy is essentially an experimental immersive technology created by a team of four artists and scientists that uses vibration and sound stimuli to change bodily self-perception. So we've got Diego and Frank here. And um, I just wanted to make a, a quick side note that the third member of Remy, Sean Clark, who is an experimental sound composer, actually produced the sound design of this podcast. Um, the intro was actually inspired by key innovative technologies throughout history. And I'd love for you, our audience, to send your comments about what sounds you hear in the intro. So here's our conversation with Diego and Frank from Remy. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us in the studio. Um, you've been here as part of a DART residency at Swissnext, uh, where we bring together people from different disciplines to work on projects at the intersection of science, art, and innovation. So can you start off by telling us, what is Remy? Remy is an immersive multi-sensory experience uh, involving vibration and sound um, that aims to change the way you sense your body and perceive your body. So. Um, it's also a research experiment and um, kind of an ongoing collaborative project um, into how people from dis- different disciplines can come together to, yeah, to create um, a compelling experience um, that could matter to people's lives. Okay, cool. So it's both a research project for not just the users, but a research project for ways to create projects like this. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about the team behind Remy? Yeah, in fact, so this instance of Remy is basically a collaboration between four of us coming from four different disciplines. So one of us is a a dancer and a computer scientist by background. Uh, Another one is a designer. We have a sound artist and um, also computer scientist and cognitive scientist in some sense. And uh, Remy is basically exploring how these disciplines can come together, what how each of the disciplines can contribute to the output of the project and um, what we can learn from each other as well. There's something about emerging um, ideas and like, you know, what happens when you get four people who have different interests and ideas, but you know that you want to work together to come up with a question, to come up with a product, to to, to create a compelling experience for people. And then, um, and, and that's what, and the process of creating Remy has been um, about. Um, we met four years ago, and we can talk more about that later. But we met three year, four years ago now, um, and uh, we had been collaborating for some time on a number of smaller projects. And Remy is the first kind of major, um, large scale um, installation product that we've um, come up with so far. Okay, now, so getting us back to your residency here at Swissnext, um, can you t- explain? to our audience what you actually did here at Pier 17. 
a lot has happened. I mean, Frank, I'm curious to hear what your uh, view of events. I mean, maybe I talk about the first two weeks. So in the, during the first two weeks, uh, we tried to negotiate between the four of us what we want to get out of this experience, what we want to do here, um, how we want to implement the ideas that we had beforehand, and um, how we can actually put them into uh, an, an experience that is useful, interesting, novel, and I don't know, um, exciting for the people coming to, to Swiss Next. Um, that basically was our first two weeks, and then we did two weeks of, um, of running the experience for people in San Francisco, people here at Swiss Next and Dart. Um, and maybe Diego want to talk more about the experience itself? So we ran the experience as part research experiment and part co-creation um, workshop. And the idea was that you would come in, we would make you feel yourself doing normal activities such as walking and sitting and standing. And then you would experience Remy, um, which takes about 12 minutes. And then we get you to feel yourself again in standing, walking and sitting. And the goal was that you would feel something different about your body. And we had specific ideas of what that experience would be like. So the initial aim was for Remy to change the way you felt about the size and the shape and the connectedness of your body. Part of what motivated Remy were practices um, called somatic practices. These are practices that are about becoming more mindful of the body. Things like yoga and the Feldenkrais method and uh, the Alexander technique. My training um, is in dance and I was really um, taken by the Feldenkrais method which I learned when I was a dancer. And I thought that it would be really interesting to take this system um, for, for movement re-education, the Feldenkrais method, and translate it into a set of principles um, that could be used to design technologies that will help us become more aware of our bodies. I think this, like this experience for, for me has been really interesting because um, especially working at Swissnex, we work with a lot of um, people who are coming up with, with technologies that mean that our body has become more, more and more obsolete. Um, and so I don't know if that, if you've got a comment about about that. Um, I have a huge, <laughs> I have a huge comment around this. I think there's been some kind of weird fetishization of the brain. Um, even as the brain plays a, a much more important role than we think, um, than might have been previously thought in everyday experience or in um, things that we think of as being very bodily based, there's been this weird vilification of the body and, and this idea that you know, it would be great if we didn't have to move or if we didn't have a body and if we could just download our consciousness into silicone chips and that we could exist forever in these non-carbon um, based um, systems and it's it's weird and it's it's surprising um, but it's only weird and surprising um, because I've I started from the other side and come out becoming more respectful of the body when I was training as a computer scientist I was a huge nerd and I was never very athletic and I was um, incredibly physically inept and then somewhere along the way I discovered dance and that was my entryway into the body and then I realized that the, the body is the firmament and the foundation. And then I realized that the body was the foundation for um, a lot of experience. And um, there's this whole field called embodied cognition, which suggests that the, 
brain does, is alone does not constitute the mind, that the mind is shaped by the body. And there are you know, tons of, of um, research experiments that suggest that how we move, how we're structured, how tall we are, um, how our posture is organized, um, that these all have an effect on how we experience the world, how we think about the world. Um, and somehow, um, trying to minimize how much we move, it doesn't, I, I wonder to what extent this is useful. There are, of course, certain instances when this would be really, really useful um, when you're dealing with physical disabilities, when people are unable to move and, and you do want to infer something about the experience. But barring that, um, we are made to move. There's this whole theory around um, that, that, that um, the evolution of the nervous system was primarily to help organisms move through the environment and find food and find mates. I could go on, but I'll stop here. <laughs> So it's interesting to see your, your perspective because you're coming from a computer science background but then also more like um, a, a dance choreography background. What about you, Frank? Do you have any comments about about this departure from the body and a focus on connecting the mind to the machine? I mean, it's, uh, for us it's also interesting to bring this experience to San Francisco, of course. I mean, um, to the heart of technology of these days and all these know, enhancing technologies. Um, we ran similar experiences before in the UK. So uh, Diego had a series of haplos experiences over there um, and also did some experiments in Manila in the Philippines. And of course, these are totally culturally different um, surroundings, environments. And so it was really interesting for us to see how it would work in Silicon Valley um, in the broader sense. And what were people's reactions like when they came in and did the Remi experience? At the end of our first two weeks here, we had finally evolved a methodology, a, a protocol um, that served to try to answer all the different questions we had. Frank was interested in emerging phenomena and I'll let him talk more about um, what this means in the context of Remi. I was interested to see whether people would feel their body more positively whether they would feel better at the end of Remy. Aggie was interested in seeing whether Remy could change people's experience of their size and shape. We've done so. In general, we found that um, people do experience their bodies differently after Remy, which is, you know, it's only a, t a short 12 minute experiment. And fair enough, we did prime people into really paying attention to their body by making them turn inwards, feel themselves in walking and standing, but not only did we rely on self-reports, not only did we get people to draw how they felt in their bodies, we also took some behavioral data. Maybe Frank can talk about the kind of uh, behavioral data that we were looking to gather. That would be great. I'd also love to hear what emergent phenomena means. Right. Maybe I'll start with that then. Um, so my, my PhD was on the Eureka moment, um, in so that which is the moment where you create something novel, useful, uh, sometimes surprising. So for me, this is the core of creativity and of cognitive innovation. And um, much of the research previously has been focused on the product that comes out of the creative process. And then people went back and looked what happened before that. Um, my research on the other side uh, focuses more on the process itself. And in that regard, Remy is really interesting for me because we are looking at the process of how this experience changes the self-perception of the body, how people understand themselves and how they are changed. Um, the data that we collected 
as part of Remy. That was not just the the drawings of themselves in self-reports, but we also looked at um, at movement data. We collected um, gait changes, frequency the frequency of walks, uh, the frequency of typing when we ask questions about um, about self-reports. So we haven't really analyzed all of the data yet, of course, because the data collection just ended. Um, but what we saw so far is that there are some differences between pre and post experience. And this is something that is supported by the qualitative data, so by the self-reports. And it's really interesting to see how these two types of data um, help each other. Did you feel like people had a eureka moment during Remy? Um, I don't think there was too much about the Eureka moment, so honestly, no one really reported one of those. I would kind of disagree, Frank. Oh, I think okay. I think some people would say that they, most people, I think, would have, I think most people would say that they felt some kind of difference. Um, some people felt it on a very, very negligible um, scale. For others, it was major, and you can see that in the drawings that they did. Um, but not everyone reported feeling and uh, remembering an instant when they realized that they felt different. Yeah, that's exactly my point. So you look at the process, and the process changes people, but they can, they are not able to locate it in, in a certain temporal point in time. Okay. In, in that regard, um, yeah. so it's really interesting to look at the process. But um, we might have had one or two instances where people were able to say, you know, at this second something happened, but. Yeah, just going from my personal experience of going th through through Remy, um, there was definitely a moment when I was in the capsule and the, uh, there was that soft kind of buzzing sound and my eyes were closed and I, I just felt like I was floating in space. I was in, in the galaxy. Um, so for me, there was definitely a, a moment there where I felt I was transported to somewhere, somewhere else. And that half an hour that I had in, in the room with Diego was a yeah, very different experience from the end of that experience is very different from the moment I walked in. Fantastic. Yeah. It's great to hear. Okay, both now, can you tell us what was your highlight of the residency? Working till 5am. <laughs> we were working till 5am on like a couple of days um, to, to get this done. I think one of the great things that Swissnex and DART have provided us is a chance to work together because we are such an international team and often we're pursuing um, our own uh, lines of research and creation elsewhere and yet this would have never happened um, had it not been for um, DART and Swissnex supporting us. Well, thank you both for joining us for our second episode of Nextcasts and to our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. You can stay up to date with new episodes of our podcast series by signing up to the Swissnext newsletter on swissnextsf.org. Bye for now.